You're about to listen to a message from the LifePoint Church, a warm and friendly home for the young at heart. Hallelujah. 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 Amen. Praise God. Um, good morning, church. Um, would you please bow your heads this morning and let's just spend a bit of time and pray. I'd like you to pray in the spirit if you can. What happens when we pray in the spirit? The Bible says, Acts chapter 2, Holy Spirit came down on the day of Pentecost. And the Bible says that the disciples began to speak in other tongues. So what happens when we pray in the Spirit is that we let the Holy Spirit pray through us. I like it just where you are, just pray in the Holy Spirit. And if you don't, if you're not baptized in the Holy Spirit yet, it's a beautiful Sunday for you to ask God and say, Lord, would you fill me with your Spirit? Would you fill me with your Spirit? Heavenly Father, would you fill me with your Spirit? In fact, somewhere in Romans 8, it says sometimes we do not know what we should pray for as we ought. And so it says we just let the Holy Spirit do the praying for us. Father, we, we come to you in faith this morning. Our Heavenly Father, we come to you trusting this morning. We come to you praying. We come to you worshiping. We come to you with various offerings. But Lord, we know that you are here before us. We know that you planned before us for today. And so, Lord, we yield. We yield. I'd like you to pray for the person on your left. Pray for the person on your right this Sunday morning. Ask that they will have an encounter with God that will change their life forever. Ask that God, the one who changes all things, will speak to their hearts, will speak to their life, will speak to their circumstance, and that he would bring a change by the power of his spirit. Ask that if there's anything that is heavy upon their heart at the moment, that they will see a move of God this week. Lord, we commit ourselves to you. We pray for our brothers. We pray for our sisters. We ask that by the power of your spirit, you will do that which you and you alone can do. Resolve issues. Heal someone. Lord God, let it be clear. Let it be clear. We give you thanks, our Father, in Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Would you help me welcome the person next to you? Tell them welcome. Thank you very much, guys. All right. If you don't know their name, let me ask them for their name. Introduce yourself. You know, as we always say, use your real name. You know, don't no sense in giving fake names. We I mean, can give fake numbers, but not fake name. Fake name is not good in church. All right. <laughs> um, but but surely, if, well, it's not. This is not. But is it? It's more polite to give a fake number than no number. I'm just asking. Which one? No number is better. But no number, don't you like look rude to in church on Sunday? But if they would see you next week, then even fake number is a bit tricky. <laughs> but anyway, be friendly. Um, help me tell the person next to you, tell them God loves you. God loves you. Just help me warn them. Tell them I'm about to tell you that I love you. <laughs> so you're not too shocked when I do say it. 
All right. And so help me look at the other person on your other side and tell them, I love you very much. I love you very much. I'm saying that by faith this morning. Uh, <laughs> but I love you very much. And I love you too, guys. It's, uh, it's, always, it's always a... Let me check my office. Wait. <laughs> Uh, but but it's uh, so a friend of mine put up a thing about life porn two weeks ago um, and I said oh I love the church and she put a comment and said but you're the pastor of the church <laughs> and like no not all pastors like their churches and not all churches like their pastors right no 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 I'm not soliciting this is me in my own space saying that, you know, when you go to church, you know, we have our own private jokes in life, but if it's the first time, welcome, but we, you know, so sometimes I come and say, I'm not preaching this Sunday, people, la ha ha, that's a private joke between us, I know you don't really mean that, <laughs> you know, but uh, to have your jokes, to see you guys honestly desire God, to see you guys try, so we say we are fasting for 21 days, you guys fast for 25, you know, uh, to see you guys give every Sunday, dollars, pounds, cryptocurrency, Naira, come early to church. Um, <laughs> someone can't say amen. But, <laughs> but, but to see all that is so deeply encouraging uh, for me as a pastor. And I just want you guys to know that I do love you too, okay? Right, all the mushy stuff out of the way. Let's celebrate Pastor Tolu for sharing his God experience. He's a really good man. He's a really good man. Um, and maybe when I go to London, maybe I'll take him. <laughs> All right. Um, thank you so much for coming to church. Um, Life Point is such a fascinating place. We're a part of the Elevation Church. And we're the, we're the, we're the most contemporary expression. Um, the, most, the most alive. I don't know if they brought people from, if people from mainland church. Pastor Bjorn is here. We're the most alive expression. Um, but... But I just wanted to put us on notice that LifePoint will grow bigger and bigger. Uh, and will grow bigger than Sundays. Um, very soon we will meet every day. And I say that and you will understand. Very soon LifePoint will not just be a service that meets on Sunday. We will meet every day. Very soon we will meet everywhere. Um, next Sunday, for example, I will talk about our small groups that are starting in February. And, and we're going to meet everywhere and would carry this beautiful service and beautiful presence and we'll take it everywhere. Please bring people to church. We are preparing this year for phenomenal growth. So invite your friends. I mean, you heard Pastor Tolu's testimony. How did God reach him? A girlfriend. A guy is checking you out. Even if you don't like him like that, bring him to church. Yeah, ask him to come to church. Don't take him on a date. He spends 50K. Then you not say, I don't like you. No. If you only brought him to church, then, you know, then he will say, hey, she even took me to her church. I thought she liked me. Then, then you know, then he gets saved like Pastor Tolu, you know. <laughs> um, anxiety. So one of the things that for those guys who are aspiring to be in ministry here, Nifemi, Kende, Caleb, uh, and the ladies I saw here, Chinaya from the East, Bejo already, the whole bunch of people. So one of the things that helps really as you're a pastor and you're preaching is that if you are able to state like unique times when God tells you things, it, it kind of gives you 
you know, a bit of. So when you say, at about 7 p.m. yesterday, I felt a strong impression. People just think, ah, <laughs> this guy is deep. At 7 p.m. yesterday, right about 7 p.m., <laughs> um, the word anxiety kept dropping in my heart. And I'd like us to um, pray very quickly about that. Help me ask the person next to you, are you anxious? Are you, are you anxious? All right. Um, Philippians 4, 6 to 7 says, be anxious for nothing. For nothing. It says, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. It says, and the peace of God which surpasses all understanding will guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So one of the reasons why people are anxious is because they've not made requests to God. So there's a form of Christianity that says, I'm too spiritual to ask God. I'm not going to ask him. I'm praying for Zimbabwe, praying for souls, deliverance, you know. But I will not ask him for that which I need. Right? But it says in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. So if there's anyone who's, you're anxious, and this, this is, you know, in fact, let's say it's all of us, right? I want us to pray about it this morning. I don't know what it is. So help me tell the person next to you, um, we're going to pray about anxiety. Okay, we're going to pray about anxiety. All right? So um, let's do what the Bible says. It says, with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. So help me ask the person next to you, what do you want? What do you want? They don't, they don't need to reply you. They don't shock you with their response. <laughs> but you're asking them, I'm serious. So just tell them, God wants to know. God wants to know. What do you want? Dami, tell your neighbor. I've never said the message yet. You can't be ignoring me yet. <laughs> All right, tell them, let me ask them, what do you really want? What do you really want? Okay. Okay. And I know there's a discussion about, well, Pierre, but the things I want, God won't give me. But, but the Bible says no good thing would he withhold from them that walk uprightly before him. So I'd like us to pray. I'd like you to bow your head if, you, if it makes you comfortable in prayer. I'd like you to, if you have to stand, if you, whatever it makes you, if you want to pace, whatever it is. But I'd like us to talk to God as a church. It says be anxious for nothing. So maybe the place to start is to have that conversation with God and say, I have been anxious about my grades. I have been anxious about my finances. I have been anxious about this. I have been anxious about marriage. I have been anxious about my health. I don't know what it is. For someone, you are actually having anxiety attacks. So say, Lord, I'm even having anxiety attacks. But your word here says to be anxious for nothing. So today, I declare a stop, an end to this anxiety in the name of the Lord Jesus. It says, in everything, through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. It says, make your request known to God. So I'd like you to make your request known to God. You're not asking me. Okay? And I'd like you to be bold in God's presence. For someone, it's a visa application approval. For someone, it's a new job. For someone, it's healing for your ears. For someone, it's something to do with your father. Maybe it's cancer. I don't know what it is. But let your request be made known to God. God is not man. He is not limited. So do not limit your requests. 
don't make it small in case you think maybe he wants to service other people. No. He says, let your request be made known unto God. Let your request be made known unto God. Be bold. If God is your father, and he's not saying based on what you've done yesterday or last year. He's saying, let your request be made known unto him. It is an act of faith. It's an act of faith. It's an acceptance of his love. Someone is talking to God about their business. Someone is talking to God about a nagging issue. Someone is talking to God about depression. Someone is talking to God about a fight, about their faith. Someone is talking to God. You need to ask him. And our Heavenly Father, we come asking you this morning according to your word. And Lord, we say no more to anxiety. We declare that every effect of anxiety in our lives, in our minds, in our emotions, in our thinking, in our behavior, in our body, in our sleep, in our diet, in our appetite, we declare it ends today in the name of our Lord Jesus. And the Bible says, And let the peace of God, which passes all understanding, guard your heart and mind through Christ Jesus. So why don't we just declare the peace of God over our hearts and our minds? Why don't we declare the peace of God guards my heart? The peace of God guards my mind. Someone else is saying, Anxiety, I revoke the visa I gave you last year. You no longer have permission to visit. You no longer have permission to work in my life. I revoke that visa in the name of the Lord Jesus. You cannot come here anymore. Our Father, we thank you. Our Father, we give you praise. Lord, your word says to be anxious for nothing. And so this Sunday morning, we join our faith together and we declare no more anxiety. And Lord, with different requests have made known to you. Lord, even as we've made the request, Lord, you know that some of them, we do not know how you will do it. The word says, those who come to you must believe that you are and that you are a reward of those who diligently seek you. And so, Lord, we ask you to do the impossible. We ask you to do miracles, to move mountains. We ask you to change things around. And we thank you. We give you thanks in Jesus' mighty name. Because we shout a big amen. Amen. Let's put our hands together and celebrate Jesus. All right. Um, so help me tell the person next to you, you cannot be anxious anymore. In fact, prophesy to them, tell them you will not be anxious anymore. You will not, you will not be anxious anymore. All right. All right. Very quickly, um, um, hmm. very quickly, I'm just going to try and preach. So if you're first time at LifePoint, my name is Idris. I'm the pastor here, resident pastor, and a bunch of other pastors and ministers around also. If you want to talk to somebody after service, do pop by and let's talk. Um, no pressure for me today. Uh, if you're also new here, I've preached some heat messages before. Uh, Power of Walk 1 and 2 is on SoundCloud. Check it out. I've preached some good messages on sex. Um, it's not, I mean, uh, what else is a good message I've preached? Sorry. Sorry? Sorry, speak out, speak out. Fighting temptations, yeah, brother. Yes, uh, that's a good message. But I'm saying, so when I come today, for example, I'm not, I don't necessarily want to preach like, no, like a good sermon. But I do want us to get, as we discuss from God's word, to hear what God is saying to us. And so when I was preparing for this, I am actually prepared to stop in the message and lead a prayer. I'm actually prepared to do that. 
All right. So let's read out of First uh, First Samuel chapter sixteen, from verse one to three. One to thirteen. It's a long read. Now the Lord said to Samuel, "How long will you mourn for Saul, seeing I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go." Feel your horn with oil and go. It says, how long? And I always like this text because God is saying, uh, should we should read the text first, Abby, before that. but let's wait. Look, God is saying, look, there's a timetable. How long? How long will you mourn for Saul? He's saying, there's a new beginning. And this is what his, his conversation is having. Something bad has happened. And I tell you, background, uh, Samuel has staked his prophetic ministry on God said, this man Saul should be the king of Israel. He's done all the drama. Go and fetch Saul from here. Anointed him and then Saul messes up. So sometimes when God wants to bring a new beginning to us, we're so conscious of what happened the last time. So he's saying how long? Because the last time you said, God said, Egosa is my wife. Yet here we are, eight months later, you're single. She's now engaged to Fred. So God's saying, how long? Someone, you said, God told me to start this social media business. And here we are. So God says, but Samuel how long will you mourn over Saul, seeing that I have rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. So he's saying, and sorry, I'm normally more disciplined than this. I normally read the text first and the preach. But he's saying here, my mistake is so big that it will prevent me from further progress. Someone is saying, you do not understand my reputation in Abiyakuta. Ah, I can't, I can't go and preach there. They all know me. I follow you, come on, focus. I know it's not you I'm talking about. Ah, Pia, there's no girl I didn't date in Abiyakuta. How do you want me to go and preach this? So it's essentially Saul saying, the same Christians I was persecuting, how do I go and preach there? And Samuel said, how can I go? If Saul hears it, he will kill me. But the Lord said, take a heifer with you and say, I have come to sacrifice to the Lord and invite Jesse to the sacrifice and I will show you what you shall do. So there is stuff, if I say all these things, I'm not sure what I'll say in the message, but there is stuff that God will tell you to do as you go. There is stuff that God will tell you to do as you go. Help me tell the person next to you, tell them, go, go. Don't leave the service, that's not what they mean. <laughs> but go. And it says, I will tell you what you will do and you will anoint for me the one who I named to you. And so Samuel did what the Lord said. Samuel did what the Lord said and went to Bethlehem and the elders of the town trembled at his coming and said do you come peaceably and he said peaceably I have come to sacrifice to the Lord sanctify yourself 
and come with me to the sacrifice. Then he consecrated Jesse and his sons and invited them to the sacrifice. So it was when they came that he looked at Eliab and said, Surely the Lord's anointed is before me. Samuel essentially says, This is my speck. This is the speck of a king. And some of you are already feeling your message there. You already, you can hear God talking. He's hugging you with that scripture. Samuel says, this, this is the Lord's anointed before me. And the Lord said to Samuel, do not look at his appearance or at his physical stature. You know these people that say he's not tall enough? I'm coming, just wait. Because, <laughs> hey, no, no. <laughs> because I have refused him. For the Lord does not see as man sees. For man looks at the outward appearance, but the Lord looks at the heart. And so Jesse called Abinadab and made him pass before Samuel. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Then Jesse made Shammah pass by. And he said, neither has the Lord chosen this one. Thus Jesse made seven of his sons passed before Samuel and Samuel said to Jesse, the Lord has not chosen this. And Samuel said to Jesse, are all the young men here? And then he said, there remains yet the youngest and there he is keeping the sheep. And Samuel said to Jesse, send and bring him for we will not sit down until he comes here. So he sent and brought him in. Now he was ruddy with bright eyes and good looking. And then the Lord said, arise, anoint him for this is the one. Then Samuel took the horn of oil and anointed him in the midst of his brothers. And the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose and went to Ramah. God bless the reading of his word. Amen. So God announces to the prophet, I am about to do a new thing. It's a new beginning. But the prophet is, is still very tied to what happened the year before. So God tells us as a church, it's a new beginning. But I just wanted us to stop today in case there were people who are too attached to the past. Help me ask the person next to you, are you still romantically attached to the past? Are you, are you still romantic? Are you having an affair with your past? That is it. That is the one. That is the one. Are you having an affair? Tell them you have to break up. You have to break up. Yeah? You have to break up in Jesus' name. But he's saying to the prophet, look, um, so are you going to break up with your past? <sighs> That's practical. Let's just take the word. You have to break up with the past. He just gets up, leaves the service, calls him, and says, over. <laughs> but, but God is saying, look, this is the prophet. I'm about to do a new thing. So I believe that there is the move of God within us as Christians. Philippians, it says, he's the one who is at work within us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. There is also the work of God on the earth. So I think it's in Ephesians where he says it is God who is at work, who works at all things in conformity with the purpose of his will. But he's saying to the prophet, it, it seems like you are unable to see what I am about to do because you are too worried, you are mourning about what has happened in the past. And so sometimes God is saying to someone, how long? He's saying, how long will you mourn about the resignation? How long will you worry about what did not happen? How long? He's saying to Samuel, would you give 
yourself permission to grow. I know you are a prophet. And when a prophet says something, it should work. There's someone here, you started a business and it did not work. And so you stopped coming out. Let's not talk about the person and you know this one is there. Somebody broke your heart or you broke their heart. It didn't work out. You've been wearing black since December. Everything, black, everything. Socks, black. Underwear, black. Dark shades. Help me ask your neighbor, how long? How long? How, how long? How long? So there's the concept of corresponding action. Where God says to the prophet, I want to do a new thing. There's a new beginning. But he says, you have a part to play in this. It's interesting that you do not need the whole plan to start out. You don't. He says, when you get there, I will show you what to do. And maybe that's for that person who is waiting for God to give them the exact total description. God is not Google Maps. So we're used to Google Maps. You say, this is where I am. I want to go to a Kurudu. And it gives you direction, tells you step. That is not God. He tells Abraham, would you leave where you are? And he says, for a place that I will show you. Some of us are like, God, I'm not going on that journey. But he says, the just will live by faith. Galatians 5, 25 he says, look, if we live by the Spirit, in the NIV, he says, let us keep in step with the Spirit. I'm pen the picture, guys. That there is a move of God on the earth. So there are new beginnings. There is a move of God in this church. There is a move of God in the Elevation Church. And God is shouting to prophets. He's shouting to Samuels and Samuelas. And he's saying, would you, would you, move with this move of God. In fact, he says to the prophet, it seems as if your sorrow is in the way of your vision. And so this year is important that you would find occasion for joy. That this year you would mind the atmosphere in which you are living. The Bible says in Psalm 16, 11, in your presence there is fullness of joy. But this year, you would not stay long in sadness. You would not stay long in sorrow. I know it is, it is a bit, um, you know, being sad, being down can be a bit contemporary nowadays. It's almost like a badge of honor, a rite of passage. I would not make light of the fact that sometimes our hearts break. It's not, I mean, it's, it's not a small thing. I've had to deal with a broken heart before. But here God says to Samuel, how long? He says, fill your horn with oil. It's a year where you should have oil in your horn, where the anointing of the Holy Spirit should not be far from you. It's a year where you should be overflowing with joy. Let me tell the person next to you, tell them you have to smile this year. You have to smile this year. Yeah, the whole service has been on, praise and worship, opening prayer. You have not smiled once. Tell them, smile for me. Smile for me. That's a whole song, right? A, yeah. That was a part of the message. But that's a good song. But we're not going to sing it, don't worry. In case you are worried. Hey, stop it. 
<laughs> That's a good song. No, tell, the, tell the person next to you, tell them, let the joy show. Let the joy show. It's free. Let the joy show. Let the joy show. Tell, just, okay, help me smile at the person next to you. I know it's, it feels forced, but smile at the person next to you. <laughs> People are actually blushing. My God, you Lagosians scare me. <laughs> but when you go for interviews, you are smiling. I'm here, I'm entrepreneurial, I can, I can walk the 24 hours, and you're smiling. We're in the house of God. But this is not a year where you should allow anything play with your joy. In fact, it is so much of a deal that I'm asking us at LifePoint to get what we call celebration companies. He says to him, you will go to a particular place. I have arranged a king for you. So you will not just go to, because they say go to where you are celebrated. No. Because sometimes the place you are celebrated are people who are celebrating your mediocrity. So it's all of us together. They say misery likes company. No, not those people. Mm -mm. That you will go to where the call of God over your life is celebrated. You would go as Mary to Elizabeth. Where when you show up, she already begins to prophesy. You would find your celebration company. You would find where you would call someone. Hey, follow me. How are you? And he would just break out in tongues. Madosh kalibra gadosh. Oh, demilade, God bless you. I know it sounds false, but guys, that's how it needs to be. That you would find people who would say to you, why are you not fasting? Don't you know that your destiny is more than red porridge, for example? People who celebrate and say, who is this coconut hair that I saw you with the other day? You are bigger than this. God has a word over your life. Tell the person next to you, stick around celebration company. Stick around celebration company. Yep. <laughs> Jesus, from when he was born, God sends people to celebrate him. Not just because of how he looks on the outside, but because they recognize the hand of God over his life. God says you will not mourn anymore. Feel your horn with oil. People who would send you a chat that is a word of knowledge. People who would say, look, I was just praying yesterday and I'm not trying to be spooky or spiritual. But God said something to me about you. He said, I should tell you, it is going to be fine. Not just people who are constantly telling you, let's show up or let's turn up. There's a party, after party somewhere. No, party is good, right? Maybe once in a while. Maybe like twice a month, okay? If you, but, but that cannot be, not people are dragging you to the place where your addiction is being fed. Not people who are just having political discussions with you about Nigeria. And when you finish, all of you are depressed. You say, what should we do? What should we do? I don't know. I don't know. Say, maybe, and I've, been, I've been in those discussions before. Where you exchange facts. You say, I even heard and I read. I was like, yeah. Say, my friend is the, is the SSSCMD or whatever they call him. Is his son. He told me, this country is done. We're finished. We're finished. We're all finished. I'm telling you, we're finished. Jesus looks at the disciples on the way of Emmaus. On the path to Emmaus. He says, what manner of conversation do you have that you are saddened? Look for people who would celebrate what God is doing in your life. Tell the people next to you. Tell them celebrate or separate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 
and you will not despise, despise the days of little beginnings in my life. Look for people who would say, look, have you, have you read the Bible? <laughs> All right. Because Jesus, even Jesus, he, he realizes that there are people who want to make him king at a time, but he doesn't give them access. But the woman with the alabaster box who celebrates who he represents in God. In fact, I'll deal with this quickly and we're coming somewhere. Last week, and I said this in passing, <laughs> unbelief, I sense, is one thing we have to deal with this year. We talk a lot about fear as Christians, but I believe that unbelief is the grandfather of fear. In Hebrews chapter 3, the last verse, he says these people who God came to with a new beginning, a new prophecy, he says they could not enter because of unbelief. So God tells Samuel in this scripture, I'm about to do a new thing. Samuel has a choice, like all of us will have that choice in this season. To take God for what he says, and to do things because of what God has said. If I yesterday I was asking myself, what am I currently doing simply because God said so? What am I currently doing simply because God said so? And so this year, we must, we must fight unbelief. How do I know when I'm working in unbelief? I can't even remember what God said. Some other times, I am so in touch with the facts that I've exalted them above everything God said. Sometimes, proof of unbelief is a refusal to move. If anything, you are constantly considering going backwards. We deal with unbelief by exposure to the truth. But, but this is it. There is a move of God. And I believe there is a move of God this year. I, I know that. And there's also a move of God within us. But, but I believe we must have a, a preparation for dealing with failure. Because I think that we've become too afraid of failure and guess what? A rejection. Pastor Tulu gave his God experience. You know how people can be so kind as to make a list of all the fine people and put your name at the bottom. And so what happens is that when you've been rejected like that before, it tampers with your willingness to show up again. I mean, that thing about going for a party and being outside waiting for the guy, the guest to say, the host rather, to say come in, it happened to me once. That was, I, don't, I mean, it happened to me once in Benin. I can't forget that guy. <laughs> As life will have it, he buzzed me the other day, sent me his brother's CV. <laughs> hey. God. <laughs> I really should send out a CV. So because I'm not joking and oh wow uh, right guys because at the point that particular party I'm not even sure why I'm here in this story but that party I didn't give money to the bouncers <laughs> so I went inside but I think when we're not dancing then I started calling people out again 
So the next time they invite you for a party, you're like, why? <laughs> but Samuel says, I have tried to sort out this kingship issue before and it didn't work out. I mean, I, I can imagine it. So why would I go and try again? People who are afraid of failure and rejection don't give themselves a chance to succeed. Sometimes your yes will simply be a collection of no's that have come together. So this year, as we go, we need to be prepared to say, even if it doesn't work out the first time, because God said so, I will go. Those of us who are melancholic here know sometimes God says go, we assess it in our mind. The more we can feel the potential for failure, we don't go at all. So Jonah says, God, I think you're going to send me, you're sending me to this place. He says, but I think you are setting me up. He says, so I'm not going. For someone, your scars should simply be a testimony of God's healing. Not a prophecy of future pain. For someone, I sense that you need to go to this shrine you've set up about your past failures and destroy it. You need to decide what testimonies are going with you this year. In fact, as I was, you know, preparing for this, I just, it kept on, it just felt like we, we needed to, in this service today, decide that there were certain conversations that were not going with us into the new year. That there were things you did last year or the year before or five years ago that we need to say, the blood has taken care of this no further. Because you cannot approach the move of God with the burden of the past. I tell somebody, leave it at the cross, please. Leave it, leave it at the cross. Let me tell them, just leave it at the cross. Leave it, leave it at the cross. There's someone here, you used to work a job that was illegal. Leave it at the cross. Because God is showing you a move. He's saying there's a new king around. But you say, Lord, I've done 419 for a while. I, I resigned last month. And you're saying, Lord, how do I how do I approach a move of God with failure behind me? Someone is saying, Lord, I have asked three ladies before to marry me, and they've said no. I've decided to be like Paul. How do I try again? He says unto Samuel, How long? Will you mourn over Saul, saying that I've rejected him from reigning over Israel? Feel your horn with oil and go. I am sending you to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I've provided myself a king among his sons. And Samuel said, How can I go? <laughs> I feel that God is spurring us unto action today this year he's saying it's, it's one thing for me to create a move I've already prepared a king 
I have already prepared a king. I keep saying to people, it, why do you think, I mean, it is, it is impossible that the person you're going to marry is not alive yet. So if you're, if you're, if you're, if you're 25, you're, you're, you're 27, the person is alive. They're breathing. They're alive. Prayerfully, they're in church somewhere this morning listening to the word. I mean, it's possible they're also hungover somewhere, but God is working on them. But I mean, if they're alive, then that part of the miracle is already sorted. Yeah? I mean, so the creation is already sorted. It's just for you to locate. For someone, your job is already there. The move of God is not the issue. It's our ability sometimes to detach from what we have become used to. A guy who, who, is, who I like in scripture, Peter, I'm very fond of Peter. And I think he's one of those people when we show up in heaven, I will make a beeline to just, you know, take a photograph, a selfie and all that. There'll be, we'll find technology in heaven. We'll take a picture. I like Peter. Peter and Paul, I'm going to take pictures with. Then Elijah, those three. Maybe Moses. But those three, I'm going to take pictures with. Of course, after with Jesus. <laughs> but, but Peter is the guy who likes status quo. One day, Jesus takes two of them out on a journey to the Mount of Transfiguration. You know? And then the Bible says, Matthew 17, you read 1 to 6, Jesus shows up in all of his glory. What does Peter say? He said, Lord, it is good for us to be here. He says, if you wish... Let us build three tabernacles. One for you, one for Moses, one for Elijah. And while he was yet speaking, God shows up. Another place, Acts chapter 10. God is about to do a new thing. There's a move of God happening on the earth as it's happening in Lagos. And he begins to show to Peter a whole tray. He says, kill and eat. Peter says, no, I have not done this before. In case you don't know, Jesus is a disruptor. And you know, disruptor, disruption are words which I tend to find hard to use because people use it in conversations when they want to sound very intelligent. So I just come into the industry with a lot of disruption. <laughs> really what it means is that they don't know what they want to do. They're going to scatter, that's what they mean. But they use the way you want to sound brilliant. You say, also, if tomorrow if you get to work or whatever, and you want to sound intelligent, and say, what should we do this year? Just raise up your hand and say, I think we should disrupt. <laughs> if they don't ask you how, just say, well, we have to disrupt creatively. <laughs> but Jesus is a disruptor. Our fathers will call him the unchanging changer. Being born again is a disruptive encounter. And so God will not keep you on the same spot, in the same place forever. He's moving. And I think that's the... He's, 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 he's constantly moving. He's the one who takes the prophet to the brook where ravens feed him. And then in another season, he's taking him to Zarephath for a widow to feed him. So what are the next steps in God, guys? And it's interesting in our text... The prophet goes to Bethlehem. 
the same place where the prophet is afraid that he will be killed is the same place that the prophet goes to and they are trembling. But he goes to Jesse's house. And he wants to try to judge by the scene of his eyes. And so Eliab shows up. This year, God will have you choose by the Spirit. Yeah. So this conversation about she's not my speck, he's not my speck, I respect your speck, but would you allow the Holy Spirit define a speck for you? Because you will be shocked. Because he looks at Eliab. Because when you go into the move of God, you must go by the Spirit. He looks at Eliab and says, surely, this guy is broad-chested. He even has the walk of a king. Maybe he's even the robe he's wearing that he has a crest, a royal crest on it. His hair is all trimmed with enough gel. His perfume smells like it came from Saudi Arabia. You know, he walks in and, and he looks at him and says, Oh prophet, how are you? <laughs> Samuel says, Surely the Lord's anointed is before us. And God interrupts him and says, No way. But what it's amazing for me is the fact that Samuel the prophet has to have seven conversations even when God sent him. Because someone says, if God sends me, surely the first person I ask, that is it. So for someone, you might have to ask her out seven times. <laughs> Tell the guy next to you, ask again. <laughs> Hey, I'm telling you this uh, if I go once it is not it that is not how we enter the move of God the prophet sends his servant he says I hear the sound of abundance of rain Yeah, he sends his servant six, seven times so go and check the servant comes back it's not there ask again the move of God he says but it is the move of God surely if it's the move of God it's just uh, plug and play no apply again he says, I wrote a song, it wasn't a hit. Write another song. Because sometimes when we look at all these guys who are blowing and we think, oh my goodness, he just blew. He didn't just blow. He has albums that, that, were, that didn't even make it. For someone else, write another song. For someone else, preach another message. Go on another date. And as you go, sometimes some ones you will be excited and God will tell you, no, this is not it. Come back. Some you would not look and say, no, this is not it. The interesting part is that David is good looking. So it wasn't just about the appearance. But it is this ability to move and do the things that connect us between what God is doing in our lives and what he's doing on the earth. What must I do next, Lord? For someone, God is asking you to take a chance. He's asking you to make a move. And, and I think that's one of the things I want us to really pray about today. 
Lord, what must I do to engage with your move in this season? When I was growing up, um, again, grew up in Benin, there was a guy on my street, tall, big guy, and you know, people in Benin had nicknames. And they used to call him No Venture. He was a bit of a Turkish guy. But his name came from that English idiom where they say nothing ventured, nothing gained. So we just reduced it to no venture. We couldn't call him nothing ventured, nothing gained. But I feel that same sense of urgency over us as a church, over us as individuals. That God is saying, would you venture? Would you try? Would you look fear in the eye and say, let us go together? Would you do it by faith? I think next week I'd like to talk about how to be led by the Holy Spirit. Something that's been in my heart. But it's, it's that place where you are refusing to be in one place. I know we talk about how Scripture says, be still and know that I am God. But He's not talking about you being stationary. He's talking about the state of your heart. The scripture we prayed about, Philippians chapter 4, it says the peace of God that, that surpasses all understanding will guard your heart. Tell the person next to you, tell them God is calling you to newness. God is calling you to newness. He's calling you to newness. So this is a year of action, guys. It says do not just be hearers of the word only. He says, but be doers. For someone, it's, it's time to start. I'm so clear in my mind, it's time to start. That you do not need the whole plan. It is time to start. For someone, it's time to write all the excuses down and move on despite the excuses. I want us to pray three prayers this morning. First prayer is saying, look, God, you will, if you want to, you will disrupt my life. You know, there's something called the Stockholm Syndrome. That's how Stock, Stockholm, I can't pronounce it right. I've never been to the place. You know, someplace. And essentially, it's a syndrome where people become sympathetic to their captors. So the guys captured them, but you then fall in love with what captured you. And so when Israel have been slaves for so long, their default to every time they met a difficulty in the move of God was let us go back to Egypt. So we're going to be asking God, Lord, would you disrupt my life? Would you, would you break my routines if you have to? That's one prayer we're going to pray. We're going to pray this morning for anyone who is in mourning, as in, has just been over, overshadowed with sorrow. We'll pray that prayer out of Jonah chapter 2, verses 1. Because there he says, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly, and he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me, out of the belly of Sheol I cried and you heard my voice 
because we understand that the atmosphere that maximizes the move of God is the one of joy. It's not of sorrow, sir. We'll pray that prayer. The last prayer is simply saying, Lord, what steps do I need to take? Noah built an ark. What steps do I need to take? That I will not stand in the way of the move of God in my life. That I will not stand in the way of the move of God in my life. That I will not stand and be a spectator to the move of God in Lagos, in my generation, in Nigeria, in the world. That there is a move of God, but that I will position myself. Like Samuel, I would leave my mourning behind. I would fill my horn with oil. I will go to the place where I was afraid of. I will judge by the Spirit and find the King who God has set amongst the sons of Jesse. I'd like us to pray this morning. I'd like us to pray this morning. I like us to pray this morning. There's a, there's, he's an action-oriented God in this season. I don't know who it is, but there's, there's, you've been, you've just settled in one place. It's almost like you've been paralyzed, but strength is returning to your limbs, to your spirit, to your heart this morning. But as we pray and worship in the next couple of minutes. That inertia is, is just disappearing. You have a brand new sense of enthusiasm. An ability to think. An ability to try. That failure is, is a mental concept, guys. Because when the success comes, you will not remember the failures anymore. So we cannot be afraid of what they say is failure. That you would go and write the exam. You would, you, would, you would go and try again. You would let your voice be heard. Ah, Jesus is a disruptor. Being born again is a disruptive event. And I'd like us to pray in the spirit and we're saying, Lord, disrupt our lives. Ask that in boldness. We can say that in boldness because we know you are the one who holds the whole world. In your hands, you direct the course of the planets. You tell the sun when to go. You tell the moon when to start. You tell the sea where to stop. Lord, you plan my life better than I can ever plan it. So when he says all things work together. So someone is saying, Lord, disrupt my life. Lord, break up this romance I have with the past. Part of that disruption is a quit notice on, on, on sorrow for someone. It's essentially it's as if angels are showing up from the heaven, from heaven stable. They are showing up with a quit notice and saying, We are so sorry. Sorrow cannot last here anymore. For someone, he says, he says he gives beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise instead of the spirit of heaviness. 
Lord disrupt my life Paul puts it this way it says, it says forgetting the things that are behind it says there is a pressing on I refuse to be static Lord where I have become comfortable where I have become comfort, even when it is not real comfort, where I have, become, I, have, I, have, I, have I have laid my head down, even where it is captivity, Lord disrupt my life. For someone, you're saying, Lord, help me with this unbelief. Let me come to the place where I am very conscious of what you have said, what you are doing. Come on, church. Someone, God wants to disrupt your life with a celebration company. So, someone is saying, Lord, bring me into Elizabeth's radar. Lord, with use encouragement. He says, Every day, get encouraged. Hebrews chapter 3. He says that your heart will not be hardened. So, someone needs to pray, Lord, if my heart has become hardened by the deceitfulness of sin, Lord, let it break. Let it break. Let it become soft. Let it become responsive to the leadings, the promptings of the Holy Ghost. Someone else is saying, Lord, these are my plans for 2020. But Lord, I bring them before you. Before you are able to do exceedingly abominably far above all that I can ask or imagine. Lord, disrupt my life. Samuel had been sitting down there considering how did my prophecies go wrong how did Saul turn out so badly but God disrupted his life someone has built a memorial so their last failure you are praying over it this morning you are saying this does not define me I lost someone this does not define me I lost something this does not define me disrupt my life someone else is saying Lord lead me by your Holy Spirit 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 let me not judge by the scene of the eyes or the hearing of the ear let me know let me sense opportunity even when men cannot see it the Bible says Jesus came unto his own John 1 it says but they could not recognize him Lord give me an eye that sees we're praying out of Jonah chapter 2 and verse 1 then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly and he said I cried to the Lord because of my affliction and he answered me out of the belly of hell I cried and you heard my voice verse 7 says when my soul fainted within me I remembered the Lord and my prayer went to up to you into your holy temple can we pray let's pray in the spirit all over this place and we are saying anyone who is enclosed with darkness anyone who is seen has been captured by sadness let there be a breaking forth the bible says a people sitting in great darkness it says a great light has shown the bible says light has come and darkness cannot comprehend it you have seen many therapists you have read many books you have sat before many songs but hey the bible says in the presence of our god 
is fullness of joy. Lifepoint, can we release the presence of God in this place? A breaking forth of light. A breaking forth of light. The Bible says weeping may last for the night, Samuel. It says, but joy comes in the morning. Ah, So we are praying every Jonah. We are praying them out of the womb, out of the belly of the whale. And I don't know who is in that captivity, who is in that prison. But we are declaring a breaking forth. A breaking forth. The Bible says the disciples were in prison. But there was a prayer. There was a sound that went forth. And it caused chains to be loosened. Doors to be opened. So can we raise a sound in this place, children of God? Can we say in the name of the Lord Jesus, anxiety, depression, sorrow, grief. Hey, we, we, we serve you a quick notice today. In the name of the Lord Jesus, no longer shall your head be bowed in shame. No longer shall the rod of the wicked exert over the lot of the righteous. We declare that Zion has taken hold over the hearts of these people. In the name of the Lord Jesus, if Jesus was here with them 24-7, this will not be their countenance. So Father, we declare in the name of the Lord Jesus, let the light of your countenance shine upon us in a special way. Out of our bellies, let it flow rivers of living water. No deadness anymore. What steps must I take to enter into the move of God on the earth? What steps must I take? I, I declare that I walk by faith this year. So someone needs to begin to ask God. He says to Samuel, as you go, I will show you what to do. What should I do? He says to Abraham, leave. He says, as you go, I will show you a land. So someone is saying, Lord, what steps should I take? I refuse. I refuse to be idle. I refuse to be idle. I refuse to lay down here. I will go in this might. I will go in this might. There is a move. There is a move. Stronger There is a
time to please hold the hand of one or two people this morning. It's a quick one or two minute prayer. We'll bring this to a close. Would you hold the hand of someone this morning? I'll ask if you don't mind to pray in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we are ordering divine movements. Uh, we are saying, someone says, how will I go? But as we pray in the Holy Spirit, there's an anointing coming on the person you are praying for. The Bible says how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power. And he went around doing good, healing all that were oppressed of the enemy. So there's a way God comes upon you and going is easy. All around this place. I don't care whether you're ushering, whether you're singing, would you look for one person and pray for them. Pray for IBK. Pray for Samuel. Pray for Chinea. Pray. Pray. Pray for a Bukun. Pray. Pray. Someone we're saying, go in the name of the Lord Jesus. As you are proclaiming, you're just praying over them. You are declaring they will go instead of excuses. They will go beyond weakness and pain and sorrow. In the name of the Lord Jesus, they will go. Supernatural abundance. Supernatural resources. Supernatural encouragement. Supernatural ideas. Supernatural strength. You will go in the name of the Lord Jesus. You will go and love. You will go and be loved. You will go and create. You will go. You will go in the name of the Lord Jesus. We're going people. The Holy Spirit is upon us. We're going people. We're a saint people. We're a saint people. We're going people. In the name of the Lord Jesus, there is motion. Declare that channels are opening up. Channels are opening up. Newness everywhere. Channels are opening up. Pray one more minute. Pray one more minute for them. Rekataba. New wine. New wine skin. New ideas. New vision. He says the Holy Spirit will come upon you. You will receive power. You will go. Become witnesses. Someone will write books this year. Someone you will write seven books this year. Someone you have albums within you this year. It's not one. It says one will chase a thousand, two will chase ten thousand. But what of a man with the Holy Spirit? Someone is building a house this year. Someone is starting a church this year. Someone is building a family this year. 
someone you thought you were just studying for one degree there's another certification God is saying go start someone you thought you were having conversations with God about healing he says I'm talking to you about fruitfulness already you were thinking of a room and God was thinking of a house you were thinking of a sprint but God is thinking of a marathon you were thinking of Saul but God is thinking of David someone said I made a mistake before but next time when Ilya comes you will not be taken in because the Holy Ghost is with you we are a going people we are a going people we are a going people we are not afraid of failure we are not afraid of failure we are not afraid of failure so that even when they nail him to the cross he hasn't failed even when they bury him in the grave, he hasn't failed. We are not afraid of failure. You cannot call us a failure. The one who, who lives within us, he, he, he has the last word. The Bible says, whoever is born of God overcomes the world. I don't know where you failed before. I don't know where you failed before, but you need to have a Thanksgiving party around it. I don't know where you, you need to thank God. You need to say, Father, I thank you. Because that was just the backdrop of your testimony. I don't know where you messed up before. I don't know what people said about you before. I don't know what they say about you. But God has the final word. It says, fill your horn with oil and go. Lord, we fill our horns with the oil of the Holy Spirit. We fill our horns with oil. Someone just go ahead and say, I receive strength from God. I receive oil from God. I fill my horn with oil. So when they said, Samuel, where are you going? Were you not the one who was mourning yesterday? You said, I have filled my horn with oil. Someone is saying, I receive joy from the one who, who brings joy. He says, with joy you will draw out of the wells of salvation. For someone, they are thrones. That's the word I hear. They are thrones. That the very place where you said, I cannot sit here. It is not people like me of my of my of it is not people of my temperament. God is saying they are thrones, and I'm not. This is not about ruling over men. It is about uh, it is about doing taking the authority that God has given you. 
Jesus, we thank you for your love. Jesus, we thank you for your love. Jesus, we thank you for your power. Jesus, we thank you that even in the times when we thought we had messed up the plan, Araboshka, you are the master planner. Magadoshka, Even in the times when the word around town said the one who said God told her, see what has happened to her. Lord, you had not given up on us. Indeed, you are the resurrection and the life. Even in the time when they said, let him buy her only black. Lord, you are the one who brings color. You are the one who has prepared a king for us. Lord, we thank you. We thank you for your protection. We thank you for your promises are here and amen. We thank you for we're people of faith. We're people that go. We're people that believe. We're people that try and try and try again. Thank you for boldness and courage. Our Father, we give you thanks. We give you thanks. There's anyone here who says, I, I don't know Jesus. All you need to do, put your hand on your heart, raise one hand and you say, Father, I accept Jesus as my Lord and my Savior. I accept that he died for me on the cross. My sins are forgiven because of the blood. I am now born again. I'm now a child of God. In the name of Jesus. Chuck, let's put our hands together. Let's celebrate Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you for listening to a message from the LifePoint Church. To download more free messages, please visit www.soundcloud.com forward slash LifePointNG.